computer, please. We know you've all been waiting. Here we are. Ooh. Step or step. Tradition seven. The most popular. I know the, the most. <laughs> the one that everyone actually can remember. Uh -huh. So first we'll do our Siskel and Ebert. Um, and also a, a particular thank you to Alice for fixing her technical difficulties. Your face looks beautiful. So nice to be able to see it. Um, thank you. Uh, yeah, so Siskel and Ebert, speaker on step seven or tradition seven. I did not listen to it because I forgot that we were doing this until 4 p.m. this okay. afternoon. <laughs> so, okay. But I did read. So Okay, yeah, no, I, I did all my reading, like starting at six. Um, Alice, did you listen? <laughs> yes, I did. Okay, we'll go with you. And uh, I liked it, except he spent like five minutes on Tradition 7. It was mostly... Um, recapping what the other people had yeah. like to get prepared he listened to everybody else's tape so he kind of understand what he was doing and so i liked that he pointed out all of the things that he got from the other speakers right but then it was like rush 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 to talk about actually tradition yeah. seven but but overall i i i really liked the yeah it was interesting to to, to hear what he felt were the key points from each of the speakers. So. Oh, cool. So uh, I, so a, yeah, a really like good that. plug for that um, uh, speaker. And of course, again, for people listening, I put the links in the podcast information. All right. So tradition seven, uh, every OAAA Al-Anon group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. So as always, we start with the AA 12 and 12, which is the oldest and sort of where the traditions came from. Then we go into how it evolved, how Al-Anon interpreted, and then OA last because it's the newest. So uh, we'll start with Megan, AA Tradition 7. Anything that sort of spoke to you or? A couple of, I thought I, th I liked this tradition a lot. Um, Alcoholics are certainly all or nothing people that I relate to. And this, just the idea that for the fellowship to serve its purpose, it has to be completely demonetized. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. Or that was the, the sentiment that it should be completely demonetized or there's sort of that the, in the beginning, there was a, a pull between people who didn't want to have any money at all and then people who wanted to like in tradition six uh how he talks about like how they had massive ambitions and yeah. wanted to do everything and yeah it's just interesting how it was worked through yeah yeah alice uh yeah i, I highlighted the end of it that uh to people familiar with endless strides for charitable funds, AA presented a strange and refreshing spectacle. The fact that they didn't want, um, they didn't want outside contributions, but the speaker talked about uh, Rockefeller and the meeting and yes. they went, they went and pitched it to all these wealthy people and the wealthy people said that money's gonna ruin this, right? Actually, the story is, I don't know if he did this right, 
Well, let's put a pin on that Rockefeller story because it's important. So the chapter for people who haven't read the chapter, the chapter ends with, you know, this what Alice is talking about around like, oh, the integrity of AA. Mm -hmm. We absolutely AA did not start out that way at all. And uh, and what I liked in the beginning of the chapter was, you know, um, uh, like in the second paragraph, uh, people ought to give money to alcoholics trying to stay sober. It can be understood why we thought we deserved a pile of folding money. What great things AA would be able to do with it. But oddly enough, <laughs> people hmm. who had money thought otherwise. They figured that it was high time we, now sober, paid our own way. Um, yeah, and so I just thought uh, that that was, so again, the very beginning of it was, I think as Megan, you pointed out, the grandiosity, the grandiose ideas. And then, because um, uh, I don't know where I learned this or whatever, but I did learn it, that when they went to the Rockefeller dinner, they went hoping to get sponsors and to get funding and money. And it was Rockefeller who said, you know, I don't know if he said it then because I know that Bill tells the story of like, he's there, he's at like this dinner. Yeah, you know I think it's in, yeah. I think it's in weirdly in tradition six, I want to yeah. say. Um, it's in one of the previous traditions right and he's like hey and by the way these boys don't want any money and i remember bill w saying like his his stomach just hit the floor because actually <laughs> that's not yeah, why they went there you know what i mean and it was rockefeller who said that money will um or i don't know if it was do you remember yeah. who someone told yeah the the way the guy in this the tape the recording told the story the the Rockefeller's like right hand man mm. like uh, Rockefeller was really intrigued by idea and the right hand man went and investigated everything and he recommended that they give him fifty thousand dollars and Rockefeller mm. said no oh yeah I'll I'll set up a five thousand dollar account through a church that you can have access to One but you guys time. need to be self-supporting yeah so yeah so basically yeah. startup money and it was a yeah. time offer you know yeah. And so, and again, for people like this is 1933 or something. So $5,000 in 1933 was like half a million today, I would say. Yeah, I know. 50, when I heard 50,000, I'm like, what? I know. <laughs> so yeah. it's interesting because the right-hand man guy was the one that recommended that amount. And Rockefeller's like, oh. yeah. Not yeah. So much. Okay. The other story I found really interesting yeah. so the there's another story in tradition seven that um talks about a a lady died and when her will was read she left alcoholics anonymous in a trust fund uh, um, a bunch of ten thousand dollars a bunch mm -hmm. of money and the question was should aa take the gift and i had assumed that the reason why she left the money to aa was because she was a member mm -hmm. of AA and the whole, and then the next couple paragraph goes, goes through and, and says like, well, this is an outside donation because it was from her will. And so what I 
find interesting is it means that when you die, you are no longer a member of <laughs> oh. not like that's what it struck me about it. Of like, well, I guess if you're if you're dead, you don't have a desire to get sober anymore. So therefore, like you you should not um leave 12 step a donation in your will be posthumously because you're no longer an active I don't remember reading that at all wow you know I I I, when I said it was an outside donation I'm just like I said the outside donations well so I think there were two things which is one that she she wanted to leave the money and then and then that discussion brought up that all these people had AA in their will, some who weren't even part of the right. foundation and that they were going to end up with like half a million dollars, which again, they just have to wait about for people half to die. a billion to, in today's <laughs> terms. And so, yeah, but I, that is hilarious. We'll have to circle yeah. back on like, if you die, if you're considered no longer to be <laughs> Oh, well, Roseanne well, left money in her will to, to OA. So, oh, really? Okay. When, when it said it was an outside so, donation, I thought, right. I assume they meant like maybe they had a family member who was. Yeah. So it didn't, it does not actually specify okay. the story. But as I was reading it, I assumed that the person had benefited in some way from yeah. AA. And yeah, just the implications of that, that like you. Yeah you're you no longer meet the qualification yeah it's definitely well it's funny because you know now that you pointed out it's definitely just not again um alice and i were um word processor copy editors and and you're right it doesn't it doesn't make that clear it just says if outside donations weren't declined we don't get that it's like a whole nother topic um, but here's what I thought. If outside, don- I actually highlighted this. If outside donations weren't declined, absolutely cut off, then the foundation would one day become rich. And um, and then again, the idea that once they had money, that it would. Um, where is this at? Uh, re- so there were two things. One is, is that the board, it would invent all kinds of schemes to do good with such funds and so divert AA from its primary purpose. And the other reason, which I thought was interesting, was that um, members would feel relieved of the responsibility, saying, oh, they've got plenty of money. We don't need mm-hmm. to contribute. Interesting, because that's kind of what's going on now with OA, that been seven traditions been sent into WSO over the years of the pandemic and we haven't had the same expenses and at one time they were announcing at meetings that world service really needs your donation they're struggling and then the message came down that no we have too much don't give us any (laughs) but then the individual but in the in the talk he read in from the from I think it was from OA comes of age where people were giving to other alcoholics, but being very stingy in their home meetings and the meetings were not able to pay their own bills. Mm-hmm. And that that seems to be kind of happening now in the, some of the meetings that I attend where 
like the the one that uh, like OA Rise that goes twice a month, they have, they'll have like this last time they had like 45, 50 people, they got $20 in seventh tradition. Mm, wow. And, uh, yeah. And, you know, it's every meeting, it's a, a discussion. Do we keep going? You know, because right. yeah, I think it's a fabulous meeting. I give to it when I go, but uh, wow. Yeah. That point about the, that people saw value in like direct donations, but didn't see that it was their responsibility to, to keep them the individual meeting going which right it's right strange to me so. being very tied to it megan do you remember do you want to share the story about um bill with the grandiosity you know giving five dollars to that guy but then going to his meeting and do you remember yeah, what was he saying about that so Oh, yeah. So the other story is, so they had this big PR hit in the Saturday Evening Post in 1941, and all of these, they received all these letters at their inbox in New York, and the two people, which were, were Bill and, like, the receptionist, could not keep up uh, with the letters, and they asked the group, like, hey, can you donate some money to get some more support staff in here so we can serve these alcoholics who are writing us um and then what was it that that an alcoholic came in the door and produced a five dollar bill which was a lot for that active alcoholic but yeah the 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 discrepancy but like the stinginess and yeah. then the generosity and that seems to be like the tension that they're exploring in this well i think chapter. it was that um a, 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 a chronic slipper came in and bill gave him five dollars when oh it, oh i missed that part okay yeah he, bill gives him five dollars um meanwhile they can't get enough money uh for uh the to get some help then he goes to his meeting passes the hat he's gonna he reaches into his pocket pulls out a 50 cent piece and says in in the story like wow that looked like a really big coin so he put it back and he took out a dime and then he had like you know this moment of clarity where he realized it was his big shotism that gave the newcomer the $5 bill where he got to play the hero and, and, um, and, uh, and yet when it came to his own meeting that earlier he had at another place asked for funds, he was only giving a dime as well. So I thought, and, you know, I completely relate to that completely, you know, like if someone, I will totally be Miss Moneybags, you know, to play a hero you know, unconsciously, you know, and yet, I don't know, you know, like not tip, or I don't know, like, just throw in a dollar when people are asking for three or something. So, okay, anything more with the AA before we skedaddle on to our Al-Anon? So I just find it really interesting. The 12 and 12 was published in 1953. It is pretty anti-capitalist at, at the peak of Milton Friedman yeah mid-century capitalism yeah. yeah like I was like wow this is actually kind of remarkable that this tradition was written 
right this time yeah well and also that um it says you know the the sentence says at that moment so again uh our trustees wrote a bright page of aa history they declared for the principle that aa must always stay poor dot 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 we believe the principle of corporate poverty was firmly and finally embedded in AA tradition. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. That's like the only place that that yeah. is corporate poverty. <laughs> and then, then it was when they sort of struggled to get to this place is then it says when these facts were printed, there was a profound reaction to people familiar um, with endless drives for charitable funds, AA presented a strange and refreshing spectacle. Approving editorials here and abroad generated a wave of confidence in the integrity of Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, so. Yeah, and I don't know, looking at this, like how you could have tradition six without also having tradition seven, like yeah. you know, the, the no endorsement without. Yeah not taking money from outside organizations yeah i think you know i i totally see how they're hand in hand on the one hand the no endorsement is almost like on a corporate level and then the seventh tradition we need to support ourselves we can't take individual contributions so yeah, but it, yeah. it's also at a corporate level like that as an organization, we don't take oh, outside right. yeah. uh, uh, outside funding and therefore we and need therefore, to support yeah. ourselves. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, pretty awesome. Okay, so moving on to Al-Anon. Anything that you guys noticed in Al-Anon's Tradition 7? Uh, I highlighted the part about the individual, right? Well, what I thought um, was really, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Alice. Oh, just the, the individual members, like it says financial support is only part of the story. As individual yeah. members, we support our groups through active participation. Yes, that was the whole thing that I took away from the Al-Anon pieces that Al-Anon really starts to expand like wait a minute let's think about what self-supporting means yeah the other thing is putting a dollar in the basket yeah and yeah i think the i like about the um al-anon traditions how it sort of relates a lot of them to your personal life rather than just at the like org level so mm -hmm. in al-anon we learn to take responsibility for our own recover recovery rather than expecting others to do the work for us mm -hmm. and we begin to take care of ourselves financially emotionally physically and spiritually what page is that on Megan? uh 115 wait what page 160 115 oh i, I may have a different Oh, okay. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, that's fine. Um, never mind what page that. <laughs> what is on in the, the one I have, it's on one, 116, and it's the second paragraph. 
I have tradition seven on paths to recovery and it's page 193. So, <laughs> so all our listeners can yeah, know LNN works many different ways. Uh, <laughs> so I like there are no dues or fees, but there are financial responsibilities. Mm -hmm. So the other thing that in my in this book that it sort of talked about was that um, self-supporting also meant contributing to intergroup, you know, and uh, that, and again, contributing it, it wasn't even talking monetarily. So it seems like in, in the um, pathways or paths to recovery version, there's a there's a strong emphasis on all the different things that mean self-supporting, you know, the service work, the intergroup rep, um, you know, everything like uh, and telling your story, telling your story. Yeah. So. Yeah, I. Remember someone saying in a meeting once that just going to a meeting was a form of service. And like, exactly. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing, it's like, um, we may laugh at the unlikely prospect of having too much money, but actually part of the value of our independence is that the WSO, the World Service Office and areas are dependent on the groups and thus need to listen closely to the group conscience in order to truly serve our fellowship. So it's almost like the other side of the AA, you know, um, with the, uh, we don't want, if we, well, not, it's the same thing, but just speaking it from, so if the W, so if the world service or if the general office has all this money, then the individual doesn't have to worry about, you know, they're like, oh, they've got money. We don't have to worry about it. And then this is sort of flipping it over and saying, yeah, but also part of keeping it corporate poverty is that the, they have to stay closely tied to us and what we're doing. So again, it's sort of sort of like it actually empowers right. us. Yeah, it's a way of making it like anti-hierarchical or exactly. So I don't really have anything else on that other than how they brought in um, uh, they really expanded self-supporting. Yeah. Which is actually very valuable. So yeah. When we take care of our own needs, we can remain free of outside influence. Right. Our finances have no strings attached. And I, for me, that's personal as well as in, you know, practice these mm -hmm. principles in all my affairs that when I am responsible and take care of my own financial needs, I'm not beholden to somebody else like, okay, I'm going to give you this loan, but this mm -hmm. is how you're going to live your life now kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And that's right. kind of been happened to me before. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then my son wanted to go to this really expensive university and I was feeling a little financial insecurity. So I asked my mom if they would help. And boy, as soon as the words came out of my mouth, I regretted it. 
just wow, yeah. uh, immediately um, trying to dictate, you know, who, what, when, why, all that. And I'm like, okay, never mind. Forget I asked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, whew. yeah. It, it creates a relationship that you may not necessarily want. Yeah. yeah. All right. Are we ready to do OA? All right. Um, Alice, you've been pretty quiet tonight. Why don't you, which may be my fault, um, why don't you go ahead and, <laughs> you know. All right. Let's see. What did I have here? Ah, this after all, OA is our life preserver and our means of recovery from disease, disease and compulsive eating. So it's first, all these efforts are paid for by us, OA members who make donations. So they, they start by listing all the different things that get paid for with our seventh tradition. Um, it's interesting that um, the, the, you know, that uh, to me that OA kind of focused on, I want, it, it wasn't that my donation is making sure that OA is there for the, for those who need it. It was look at all these things that you get, and this is why you should give us more money. And, and um, I remember when I first moved into the Oregon OA, there was an article in the newsletter about what intergroup does for you. Like this is, these are the reasons that you need to be giving to intergroup because otherwise you wouldn't have all these other things. And mm -hmm. to me, it's always been about um, making sure that OA is here for me and for those who haven't found it. So I, I don't know, I didn't need the, the additional uh, information, I guess, that if, if they're asking, there's a reason I'm going to trust that mm -hmm. and, and I'm going to to give where it's needed, but um, our willingness to pay our own way is a sign that we are recovering and maturing emotionally. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, I definitely have found that to be true. <laughs> <laughs> like, dang. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I, I remember when I first started, I felt like I didn't have any extra money to possibly give. And, and, you know, as a newcomer, don't give seven tradition, buy your literature instead. And I'm like, I don't even want to buy literature. Um, and then my sponsor said, um, next time you want to practice your disease, put that money in a jar instead. And suddenly I had tons of money to give because, <laughs> you know, it's that awareness of how much we're really ruining ourselves financially. And, and to me, that's where the financial insecurity will leave us because I'm no longer putting all that money practicing my my disease. I now have, I can, you know, I have uh, enough to take care of my own needs when I'm maturing emotionally. <laughs> <laughs> Megan, any? Uh, yeah, um, let's see, 162. We don't ask for support from outside sources. While OA is a worthy cause, ours is not a charitable organization. In fact, there's a, a limit on an amounts that may be given by one member in one year to OA's World Service Office. And the part that I 
thought was notable was OA is not a charitable organization um, because I was on SF Intergroup when they were trying to get SF Intergroup to be filed as a nonprofit so that uh, OASF wouldn't have to pay taxes on oh, yeah. that money. And I guess charitable organization here means it in like the broadest sense and like we don't accept charity. Right. Does, yeah, I don't, but if we don't accept charity, should we be paying? taxes on that money I don't know I'm sure there was a discussion about this yeah I'm sure it's so cool that you talk about the SF intergroup I'm like I was on that intergroup I was in the that, uh, conference room in the hospital in Nobel I don't know maybe I don't I remember the room but I don't remember I just you know that was the first time I went did service up to intergroup level um there was something else Oh, so this also is where uh, the story about, um, you know, having excess money. We need more fun in our lives. Let's throw a party. <laughs> oh, no, actually, Mark is moving out of town. Let's buy him a gift. Um, and then the idea of like, you know, someone saying, hey, uh, shouldn't, shouldn't we give some of that money to intergroup? And it was interesting, you know, that it's like, oh, you know, they don't, this is our money. You know, the idea like our meeting collected this, this is our money, you know, um, a, a second member objective. The seven tradition says to be self-supporting. It doesn't say anything about supporting service bodies or the world service office. Um, quote, aren't those groups working for us? A third member asked. They tell new newcomers what OA is and how to find our meeting. If we don't do our share to support them financially, how can we claim to be fully self-supporting? That's actually, I never, I, I mean, I definitely thought about it, but it's kind of like, you know, it's like if you um, lived somewhere, but someone else, but you were using someone else's plumbing and electricity and you were like, oh, I'm self-supporting. It's like, well, you're not. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you're not. They're actually paying these fundamental bills, you know? So I just thought that was a kind of good yeah. thing. I didn't, I don't know where to kind of bring this in, but I want to bring this in, which is somewhere um, in my recovery journey. I was going to a lot of, I mean, like a, at least a meeting a day. And I decided for me that, and this is just for me, I decided that if I was doing service at a meeting, I was giving my time and my energy and I would not contribute financially. I would not put a dollar in the basket because it, I was, well, there were two things. I was getting resentful. And then also I was like, okay, I can't for all of these meetings to go, I can't all, you know, constantly be putting two or $3 and actually it was $2 at the time. So I had to come up with a sort of fiscal responsibility. And in my mind, time is money is time and time is energy and money is energy. And so I thought, okay, if I am doing service at a meeting, I don't have to put money in the basket. Someone else 
can put money in because to me that's kind of like divide and conquer like okay if you're going to be the secretary i'll put the two dollars in the basket you know and i know not everyone does that but i had to come up with something that worked for me fiscally and then also worked for me um just in terms of resentment cool yeah i mean i it talks about that in here so there's healthy limits on giving service when one member or a small handful of members continually does all the work resentment usually arises other members feel excluded so that oa breaks down into two groups the insiders and the outsiders the insiders feel overwhelmed with the service work and underappreciated the outsiders resent the insiders for trying to control everything and i have definitely had that experience of doing too much service and i think that's that's a, something i've specifically noticed in like Oregon, <laughs> OA that didn't seem to be, I don't know if that was um, your experience of like- I was actually gonna area. ask you about yeah. that um, because- uh, I just volunteered for a long time service. <laughs> no, no, um, we yeah. both had the experience when I moved here, um, the Wednesday night didn't exist. And I, I was sort of blown away that there was a meeting on Monday night, a meeting on Friday night, and no meeting on Wednesday night. And so I started it and I was very committed. You know, I was like, okay, the first year I commit to being here every Wednesday, regardless of, you know, how many people come. So I did that. And then um, after a while, it, it took off, but I became such an authority figure that I, I knew it was unhealthy and also I wanted to be one among many. So then I shifted to the Friday night and then that ended up happening at the Friday night. And so then I had to stop going. So that's happened to me, you know, I don't know if, I think Megan, you reminded me of it because you just recently talked about that, you know, yes. not so going. <laughs> Yeah, I took a six month break from service at my home meeting because the same thing was happening for me. It's a meeting that I co-started and then have been doing service at for several years. And but then I finally just realized like that time works for me and it really is like a cornerstone of my recovery. And so and doing service like does get me there. So I just re-volunteered to be the secretary but I did take a six month yeah break. and that's what I did with the so, Friday one too yeah. is I just I stopped going I found a different Friday meeting to go to and that and it was like okay and now I come and if I feel like sharing I share but if I feel like it's it's so used to me not being there that I don't really feel that I have that sort of weight behind my opinion that I had before and I think it's good like if you start to feel like you know when a decision comes up everyone turns to look at you to hear what you have to say it's like it might be good for you to you know right. either keep quiet or let the meeting or find another meeting for a while so I mean it's up to you I mean it's situational but Alice yeah. do you have any any experience on that uh yeah I <laughs> As you know, I'm the chair. Yeah. <laughs> went forward. It even happens on the board where I'm, you know, it's group conscience. Like, and so I withhold my, not withhold, but 
Yeah. I'm not the first person to speak and I, uh, cause I want to hear what everyone else has to say. Um, and I am, uh, I was in a 12 step, the workshop. And then we had like a groups that you're supposed to meet and discuss the assignments and stuff. And we are, some of us are still meeting and, um, I'm kind of getting that feeling there that I just, I, uh, I don't know. I need to, I, again, I, I, especially now with my, you know, service mm -hmm. position, I need to be one among many work. Cause I, I, uh, there was a, the meeting I used to go to when I first moved to Oregon that I had to stop going to, because even though people had been going for years, I felt like I was being looked to for, I don't know, recovery. And I needed someone else to look to for recovery, I guess. Yeah. And so I, uh, do you guys find that in Oregon there, I find it maybe specifically here, there's a, there is that thing that happens where it tends to be the same people doing service over and over again. And there's yeah a lot of people just don't, it's like not as much in the culture here as the Bay Area, I think. I, yeah, I would I, agree with that. It was, and, yeah. and this isn't to disrespect anyone, this actually, um, so, I worked not for OA, not OA, but I worked for Northwest Permanente and we would put on events and it is kind of part of the culture just to wait and see and not make any plans and just maybe we'll come, maybe we won't, maybe whatever. And so Let's we see had, if it's sunny or not. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so um, it's, it's, we had the same issue you know, and then people that day wanting to, to come and register and show up and, and, you know, and people on the, there were a couple of people on the team that had different attitudes about it. One person on the team was like, we closed registration. You should have done, you know what I mean? Da, da, da. We have to plan, we have to order food. We have to, you know what I mean? And and then, you know, someone else, they were kind of extremes and they butted heads all the time was like, these people want to get, you know, these are doctors who we need to cut them a break. You know what I mean? We need to make it as easy for doctors as possible. And it was like, all right. So I could see both sides. So I think it is kind of cultural, you know, as opposed to the Bay Area where it's just like, there's this drive, you know, time, time, and, time. Yeah. And it's really I think it was, I mean, I remember my sponsors like driving it in to be like, you do service for your own recovery, yeah. you do service mm -hmm. to get to the meeting. Like that is the first thing you do is yeah. you go and see what service commitments you can do. And, yeah. um, and I will say it is the thing that turned away from like, oh, this thing that I do when I feel like it into like, oh, this is a thing I'm a member of because I'm yeah. contributing to it and I'm part of this meeting. And so, yeah, yeah. I think service is valuable. I had to have a service position. I mean, I my sponsoring has completely changed in Oregon because I've had to adjust to Oregonians, you know, like when I was in San Francisco and, you know, in, in the Bay Area, I had no say in what I was supposed to do, I, you know, 
I didn't have a choice. I mean, if I wanted to be sponsored by my sponsor, here were the things I had to do. And there was no was negotiating, yeah. you know what I mean? There was like, if you want what I, you asked me to be my, to be your sponsor, you know, here's what you do. And, and, you know, it's, I don't, you know, I take what you like, leave the rest. I mean, I'm not saying one's greater. I'm just saying the difference. Same thing in LA, you know what I mean? You, you didn't, OA was very much like AA and that there's no conversation around what you're willing to do or what you're not willing to do. If you want to discuss that with me, then you haven't hit the bottom that you're willing to just do whatever it takes for your recovery. So, yeah. Yeah. And I'm not sure that that would work for me today in my recovery. Well, then, but it, here's it did the, work for me when I was a newcomer though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, yeah, but we're up here now, Megan. You know what I mean? We don't I live down there anymore. I left them. <laughs> I know. Left. That's the thing. It's like, <laughs> you know, and also I, uh, I, I've really fallen into what my sponsor up here just said all the time is the disease will bring them back. You know, you don't have yeah. to work so hard. The disease will bring them back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I always say like, I may not have the willingness, but I yeah. know that there will be consequences to that. Yeah. It's like, well, I might not have the willingness to yeah. go to a meeting today and there will be a consequence for that. And mm -hmm. I know that. Yeah. 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 I mean, I absolutely, especially, well, there's no way I could do that today. But then again, it's because I've already done my boot camp. You know what I mean? Like, I've already done it, you know, and, and I did it when I was in that place of like, I will do anything you ask me to do. I will do anything. You know? Yeah. I keep getting sponsees that swear up and down there in that spot and then they're not. And it's, <laughs> it's hard for me to not take it personally and, yeah. and remind them, you know, and, and then, um, I don't know what to do because right. am I helping them right. by by continuing to meet with them? Megan, what are your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> or am I not helping them? I don't know what to do. So Nicole has helped me a lot <laughs> in this capacity of being a sponsor. And Nicole always says the thing that I love, which is as a sponsor, I am not a free therapist. And the requirement for getting my my time and meeting with my sponsee is that she goes to a certain number of meetings a week you know imperfectly but certain number of meetings a week and i could start to hear and feel in her check-ins and I, I guess i won't be sending <laughs> but i guess uh like oh she's she's talking about everything else but meeting she's talking about you know, all, all these other like re recovery adjacent things that she's trying, but she's not going to meetings. And I, I could actually feel it as a sponsor of like, well, now I feel like it's all like your recovery is all on me. And I don't like that feeling. I'm just, just one person. I'm one tool. And I, right. can't, um, you know, I can't carry that. So. Well, also we're dealing with people who the only, who, if they're new to 12 step, the only self supportive type of paradigm or dynamic is actually a therapist. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you're like a therapist. No, no, I'm not. 
you or know, a codependent I mean? relationship, right? Or a codependent, you know, exactly relationship. And so, you know, again, it's like, you know, I like, I need you as much as you need me. It's part of my recovery to sponsor you. And also to demonstrate to you what this program is about. And I'm, and like Megan says, I'm not a free therapist. I actually don't use, I, I say, I'm like a coach. You have to do all the work, you know what I mean? And I like using the idea of like a swimming coach because it's like, you have to get in the water. You have to swim. You have to do all the exercise. I'm not in the water with you. I'm up here. You know what I mean? But um, if you don't do, it's kind of like, if you're not engaged in your own yeah, then why am I here? You right. know? Yeah. And I have that, that, that metaphor has been really helpful for me as well as if I, if someone says they want me to be their sponsor, and then we're having a conversation about why you should get in the water, it's not a good fit no. for me. It's like, nope, <laughs> nope, nope. I'm not here to convince you about why you should be in, you should already be there. So yeah, exactly. Mm. And that's the other thing that it's kind of like, um, someone said to me when, you know, there's a woman who she's so in her heart wanted recovery, but her actions weren't there. And I remember talking to someone and they said, um, you know, she's taking up a seat. There's a woman right behind her who's dying to find a sponsor. And that really helped me, you know, with having to let people go. It's like, okay, there's a woman dying in the water right now who will just, I don't have to convince them to work a program, you know? And so it's like, yeah, you know, if you're not ready, you're not ready. So, you know, Alice. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Going to meetings is not a problem. Yeah. But the uh that it's the, the step work. I and know. if you agree to do the step work, then I expect you to do the step work and help, you know, I keep telling myself it's their journey, it's not my journey, it's gonna take what it takes. And just pray on it, you know. I finally just said, Okay, God, I, I need you to give me a sign if I'm supposed to stick with this or not. And dang if she didn't have the major breakthrough that I've been waiting for. And it's just so I don't know. I just, I guess it's that, you know, yeah. I feel like, um, well, I went, I went through the, you know, having a sponsor dump me for something that had nothing to do with me and just was just through me for a loop. And I, you know, I, I swear I'd never do that. And I never have because I'm very clear about what I expect and they just kind of disappear. <laughs> Like, they'll be all gung-ho yes 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 i'll do this i'll do this and then the next week she gets she, the the woman says i think i need to work the steps a different way and that i realized what i heard her say was she wants uh she wants support for her diet she doesn't want oh recovery yeah. right because she yeah. wanted so and I, I don't do food that my my i learned the hard way my recovery comes first and your food is going to trigger me. And so I don't, I, I'm, I make it very clear. I'm a step sponsor. 
Yeah. You're responsible for your abstinence. But I also say it's something that you can do 90% of the time because I am not a perfect, you know, we're not perfect human beings. And if, to me, striving, 90% is a good measure for striving. You're showing that there's, there's desire there and there's demonstrated desire and without ex expectation of perfection, you know, because it took me two and a half years to find lasting abstinence. And if I had a sponsor, you know, thrash me every time I had a slip or a major face plant, I don't think I'd be here. So yeah, me either. So, yeah. Either. So I just grateful for my long term recovery. But um, yeah, I mean, I had to do a lot of work to get here. It wasn't that yeah. I didn't want abstinence. It was that I was struggling with letting myself have it. Um, yeah. So, well, this has been great as always. I love it. You know, whether people ever listen to it or not, who cares? <laughs> 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 is its own reward. All right, ladies. So we'll be back. I can't believe we're already going to be on tradition eight. I know. I can't <laughs> even believe it. All right. Let me stop recording. Thank you, everyone. Look at the links below to find the speakers that we're talking about. And then also I put in links to the AA um, 12 and 12.